Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. As a young married couple, when we decided to try to buy our first house, a lady from Memorial Parkway Church of Christ named Margie Smith sat down with us. And she said, if you guys are, are able to buy a house, if you're blessed with the fact that you could be homeowners, you need to understand that that's one of the greatest gifts you'll ever be able to have. It's one of the greatest blessings God will give you. And you should use it. You should use it to entertain. You should use it to entertain strangers. You should use it to house people. You should use it to let people come and stay in town if they have family that's in the hospital. You should open your doors to people and use that blessing as a tool for God. It'll be one of the greatest tools you'll ever have. And we've tried to do that over the years. Children have been in and out of our home during the duration of my youth ministry and the Sunday night devotionals at our house and the Monday night Bible studies and the Sunday afternoon volleyball games and the climbing walls in the backyard and, and, and the zip lines and the toys and, and the things that we would do, uh, just having people in our home and having people in our yard. Uh, one of my treasured memories is the second house that, that we bought is Lonnie Beth coming home from college with her college friends. Now, Lonnie Beth was privileged to play volleyball in college, and, and oftentimes the people she would bring home from college would, would be some of her volleyball friends. Uh, we would take them to play volleyball. Volleyball is volleyball inside a racquetball court. And essentially, you, you've taken the middle out of the volleyball court, and if I'm on this side of the court and I hit the ball towards your side and it hits the back wall, that's out of bounds. If I'm going to spike the ball, I can spike it straight down, or I can hit it against a wall and it goes the wall floor. It can't hit two walls. So the angles, if you extrapolate those angles, anything that would be a, a, a valid shot in volleyball, you could probably extrapolate the angles out and it would be a valid shot in, in volleyball. And we played lots and lots and lots of volleyball. In fact, we had a group of teenage girls that we would rotate. One of the girls would keep all the children and then we would play with uh, two of the girls. And I believe that everybody we ever played volleyball with ended up being trained and ended up being able to go to college and play volleyball in college if they wanted to. When Lonnie Beth would bring her college friends home, we would take them to play volleyball. And let me just state for the record that Lonnie and Jackie Jones are undefeated. We are 2-0 and against Division I volleyball girls in volleyball. Age and treachery will beat youth and skill every time. In addition to playing volleyball with the college girls, we'd take them to the ropes course. Lonnie Beth was always, Dad, Dad, you got to take my friends and, and, and take them on the swing. And I remember one particular beautiful weekend, the girls came in. And one of the girls, either a sweet mate or, or a, a floor mate of Lonnie Beth, was this beautiful blonde-haired girl from Canada. And I don't even know her name. We called her Canada. 
shocking, I know. And so when we announced that we were going to go out into the fall weather, she said, do we need a toque and a bunny hug? And I said, I'm not real, real sure what that is. And that's what they call hoodies. They don't call a hooded sweater a hoodie. They call it a bunny hug. And so, yes, I have a black, uh, it's, it's a black SWAT sweatshirt. I call it my tactical bunny hug. <laughs> that weekend, we also did something interesting. Lonnie Beth said, Dad, let's play the scribble game. And the scribble game is this game that we invented. And I didn't invent, invent it. I invented my version of it because I would go teach cartooning classes at, at little schools. And I'd go spend part of a day with you know, the elementary kids and teach them some of the fundamentals of drawings. One of the things that you get into when you're in a school and you've been drawing all day, or you've been drawing these things and doing these real elementary things, you'll eventually wrap up the, the class and you want to draw something a little more complicated, a little more sophisticated. And an idiot will say, hey, what do you guys want me to draw? Now, you'll get the typical draw a helicopter, draw a unicorn, draw a sea monster. But there's always this little fifth grade boy who knows better, but he'll go with the inappropriate, hey, draw, you know, and it'd be like, hey, draw the pink Power Ranger. Well, I'm, I'm not going to draw the pink Power Ranger. Well, you can't. Well, actually, I can. I've studied her quite well when my daughter was obsessed with the Power Rangers. Well, but I'm not going to draw her. Well, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Your mom, and it degrades very fast. So to avoid this kind of stuff, I started playing this game called the Scribble Game. And you get a student to come forward, and they take a marker, and they scribble on the board. Now, there's some rules about how many times you can stop and your lines can't cross each other. But once you get to just a real fast little scribble done, the student sits down, then you ask the class, what do you see? What have they started for us already on the board? Now, this person goes to the board without an agenda. They're just scribbling, and we're taking these lines that they put on the wall and we're turning them into something else. We're making it a recognizable image and we're making it something that makes sense. That's the scribble game. Well, Lonnie Beth has these college girls out here and we've got sidewalk chalk and she wants them to scribble in my driveway and, and, and me make drawings out of them. And one of my, a cherished memory of mine is seeing these, these college girls get up on a step ladder and take pictures with their iPhones of the things that we had drawn together in the driveway. And Canada's an accomplished artist. I've got a, a pencil drawing that she did of Lonnie Beth passing a volleyball that, that looks photographic. But she took a picture of the scribbles that we did in my driveway. Years before, in playing the scribble game, we were at the Macaroni Grill. And at the Macaroni Grill, you can draw on their tablecloths. And we were in Nashville, Tennessee with some friends. And while we're sitting around and people are practicing their signatures and I'm drawing cartoons on the tablecloth waiting on our food, Lonnie Beth said, Dad, let's do the scribble game. And so in this mediumly high-end restaurant in Nashville, we're scribbling on the tablecloths. I'm walking around the table and, and turning people's scribbles into pictures. And we did so many pictures that the waitress brought us a new, a brand new tablecloth so we could continue to play. Months later, we're at the home of some of the people who were at that table. And the lady of the house, Lisa, comes to me and, and we're watching football and eating a steak. And she says, hey, Jones, I want you to look at Joshua's new bedroom. And they had just moved into this new house. And I went into Joshua's bedroom. And, and I always get the details of the story wrong, but their next-door neighbor had had some kind of little crisis. 
And so they had to take this child to the hospital and, and they kept the other child and they put it, put the little girl in Joshua's bedroom and Joshua got moved to the couch. And sometime during the night, this little girl got inspired and she got up in the middle of the night and found a permanent red magic marker and as high as a four or five year old can reach, walked around the room doing her thing. And it was it was a mess. And I walk in the room, and I'm overwhelmed at the mess. And Lisa Corder says, well, how would you like to play the scribble game in, in Joshua's bedroom? And, and I'm like, you want me to draw on your walls in permanent marker? She's like, yeah. The, the worst case scenario is we paint the wall. But if you do a good job and we have some things that we like, we can keep them. And, and then we got, you know, Lonnie Jones' original artwork. She said, at some point you'll publish something and we'll have some of your artwork. And so they give me this box of markers and they leave me alone in this room. And I get to walk around and discover what's on the wall. There's this perfect letter S, almost backwards, perfect letter S. And I turned it into the head and neck of a, of a Brachiosaurus and put the jungle vines and the tops of trees beneath it and an erupting volcano in the background. There were just some hash marks on the wall that made the perfect um, arms or forearms of a chimpanzee, kind of a chimpanzee slash Dr. Seuss character. Uh, there was an, an almost straight line at about a 10-degree angle. Then at the bottom of the line, I gave two hands and built from those two hands a Jedi Knight standing on top of a big mushroom and I don't know how long I spent in that room just drawing on the wall, but it was really, really cool. And I enjoyed it. And while I was drawing on the wall, I had one of those epiphanies. I had one of those moments. And and I, I would attribute it maybe to the, the spirit of discernment. My wife says it was marker fumes, but sometimes she has to bring me back into reality. But as I'm drawing on this wall, I, I can't get this Bible verse out of my mind. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good of them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And that verse has been misused. And I think some very bad theology has been applied to it. Because things happen that are tragic. Things happen that are bad and, and people attribute them to acts of God. Well, God had a purpose. Well, God knows what we needed. Well, it may be that we can't understand this, but, you know, God may have been saving you from... And, and we attribute things to God that, that, number one, go against His character. And, and then our theology makes God into this arbitrary chess master that moves pieces around on the board. And, and I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what Romans 8 teaches. And I don't believe that's the nature of God. I think what Romans 8 teaches is, is the scribble game. You see, I've got this wall. And sometimes I'm just careless with the things that I have in my hand near the wall. And and I make I make a mark, I make a mess on my wall. Sometimes I make a mess on the wall because I'm rebellious, and sometimes I make a mess on the wall because I'm stupid. But I'm standing here staring at this mess on my wall. Sometimes there are marks on my wall because evil has an intersection with my life. 
and a malevolent force or malevolent person comes in and, and, and marks on my wall. Either evil or sin causes a mark on my wall. And, and, and sometimes I get a mark on my wall simply because walls are vulnerable to being marked on. Life's a contact sport. And walls get marks on them. People have heart attacks. People have aneurysms. People die of cancer. Cars crash. Boats sink. Planes don't land properly. Diseases ravage the human body. And and that's not something God does to us. It's things that happen because we live in a world that is corrupted by sin and controlled by physics. And our walls are vulnerable to being marked on. And what I think the import of understanding about God is that we, we stand here and we look at this mess on our wall. And, 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 and it's a mess that I caused because of my rebellion or my stupidity or my carelessness. It's a mess that's on my wall because I've had an intersection with evil. Or it's a mess on my wall simply because I have a wall that's vulnerable to being marked on. And then God asked for the marker. And if we hold tightly to the marker and we, we refuse to relinquish control, we end up living our lives trying to make sense out of a mess that we can't make sense out of. And in order to make it make sense, we're going to blame it on God and, and give Him credit for things that really go against His character. God doesn't give children cancer. God doesn't kill babies in the womb. God doesn't run planes into buildings. God doesn't kill soldiers. God doesn't take the lives of police officers. God doesn't cause husbands to cheat on wives or wives to cheat on husbands. And God doesn't make little children get abused. All those things are done by people's rebellion, intersections with evil. But what God does is He asks for our marker. And if we will ever relinquish control of the marker, then God takes those things that He did not design and makes a design out of it that pleases Him. It becomes useful for us. It becomes in our best interest. And and some things, things are always positive and things are always good and things are always purposeful, but things are often useful. And you see, when I play the scribble game... I'm just a cartoonist. But when God plays the scribble game, God's an artist. God's a world maker, a sunset painter, the panoply of colors in the fall, snowscapes and rainbows and the aurora borealis, seascapes, the starry sky at night. See, God's a real artist, and so when God decides to to apply His art, the art of making sense out of the senseless, when God decides to do that, that's when we see not just the majesty of God, but we see the sovereignty of God. And God says, if you'll let me have that marker... I'll take that thing that doesn't make sense and you're trying to make it make sense and you can't. And the best you'll come up with is is give some attribution about me that's not accurate. But if you'll give me control of your marker, I'll make a painting 
that you will be breathless when you behold it. And understanding the magnitude of the sovereignty of God is this. See, the magnitude of the sovereignty of God is seen in the fact that God takes things that He did not cause and conforms them to His will for the people who will relinquish control. The scribble game is not about us making sense of our messes. The scribble game is not about us saying that God made this mess because He was pre-drawing something. No, it's, it's not even God's design. But God takes something that He did not cause and He conforms it to His will. And it ends up being a blessing and a piece of art in the lives of His children. The magnitude of the sovereignty of God is understood when we realize that God can take things He did not cause and conform them to His will. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife Jackie and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. I have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992. And I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and a avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article. So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts and the concepts lead to application. One caveat about the facts is for the most part, we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then, we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean, fun, and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones. <music>